Looking for insightful and heartfelt conversations about social justice, activism, and innovation? I'm glad to recommend the podcast All Inclusive with Jay Rudderman. Hosted by Jay Rudderman, a social activist and philanthropic leader in diversity and social justice. Every other Monday, Jay interviews leaders and experts on the latest news, technology, and advocacy for a more socially just world. Hear leaders like PBS NewsHour's Judy Woodruff discuss her remarkable career in journalism and work in disability advocacy. Curb Your Enthusiasm's Cheryl Hines on inclusion in Hollywood. In order to create an innovative future, honest discussions must be held. All Inclusive will inspire you to keep learning and to take action to build a positive future. Listen to All Inclusive wherever you're listening right now. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about troublemakers and villains. We're covering stories from across a spectrum, from women who made good trouble, to women who thrived in illicit industries, to villains in the truest sense of the word. All of the women we're covering had a major impact on the societies in which they live. Today, our story is about the longest skyjacking in American history and the young woman at the heart of the crime. Let's talk about Catherine Kirko. According to modern myth, Catherine was a good girl with a capital G, all American, like apple pie. She was born and raised in Coos Bay, a small city on the Oregon coast. After high school, she moved to Southern California. Kathy, as she was called, dreamed of being a singer. But instead, she found work in a massage parlor. One day, while she was in the shower, Kathy's doorbell rang. She answered it in her bathrobe. When she managed to rub the soap out of her eyes, she came face to face with Roger Holder. Roger was a Vietnam vet and a member of the Black Panthers. He'd been looking for Kathy's roommate. But he and Kathy hit it off, and soon, Kathy became a member of the Panthers, too. By the early 1970s, the Black Panthers had weathered years of being vilified by the press, by white Americans, by the FBI. Several of its leaders had been assassinated, others jailed. Some escaped the U.S., choosing to live in exile. On June 2, 1972, Roger's mother drove Roger and Kathy to the airport in Los Angeles. The couple told Roger's mom that they were heading to Coos Bay to meet Kathy's parents. Instead, they got on a plane to Seattle. Roger then handed a stewardess a handwritten note. It read, success through death. Everyone except the captain will leave the cabin. There are four of us and two bombs. Do as you're told and no shooting will take place. Roger gestured to a large briefcase he'd carried on board. Wires were sticking out. The bombs, he implied, were in there. Roger also insisted on $500,000 from the airline and for the release of Angela Davis, a Black Panther who'd been in jail for over a year on several felonies. They received the requested money and Angela was acquitted two days later. Roger and Kathy let about half of the passengers off in San Francisco and the other half in New York. They went back and forth on where they wanted to go. Vietnam was on the list. 
but they settled on Algiers in North Africa. Roger and Kathy's trip remains the largest skyjacking in American history. In the media frenzy that followed, many questioned whether Kathy had been taken hostage herself. Why would a 20-year-old white girl from Oregon hijack a plane in the name of the Black Panthers? But in phone interviews with news outlets, Kathy said that living in Coos Bay had left her in the dark about the world. She decided she wanted to make change rather than sit around waiting for it to happen. Would you jump into something like that without doing a lot of thinking, she said to a reporter. I had a lot of people to think about, a lot of consequences to worry about. For the subsequent six years, Roger and Kathy remained on the run. The international headquarters for the Black Panthers were in Algiers. The couple settled there at first. And then in 1974, they traveled to Paris using fake passports. Roger and Kathy were arrested, but French authorities didn't feel the crime warranted extradition to the U.S. because of its political motivation. For the next few years, Kathy and Roger, but especially Kathy, found their cultural niche. In 1977, Roger walked into the Associated Press's Paris office. He told a reporter that he would go back to the U.S. and face whatever punishment was waiting for him. He also said that he hadn't seen Kathy, now 25, for over a month. He was worried. That was the last time anyone heard from or about Kathy. Roger returned to the U.S. in 1986 and spent two years in prison. But Kathy disappeared. She remains on the FBI's most wanted list, and she's still considered armed and dangerous. All month, we're talking about troublemakers and villains. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.